0: Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I'm Ashraf Engineer. Goans are up in arms against the government's plan to turn the state into a coal hub. The infrastructure push that it requires, say residents, will destroy the Bhagwan Mahavir National Park, damage the state's waterways, impact fishermen's livelihoods and displace several local families. The government says it is merely implementing the Sagar Mala Plan that will convert Goa into a critical coal corridor and is in no mood to relent. But neither are the protesters all indians matter joining us on the show is abhijit prabhudesai co-convener of the goyant kolsonaka a people's movement that is agitating to free goa from the negative impacts of coal abhijit is among the leading lights of the protest and has even been booked for raising the issue Their opposition to the government push is based on four major issues. Double tracking of the Hospit-Vasco railway line through the Bhagwan Mahavir National Park, which will cause tremendous ecological damage, capital dredging or deepening of the approach channels to Murmugawa port to enable navigation of coal-laden ships, four-laning of the NH4 highway from Panaji to Belagavi and the construction of nine jetties along the Zuari and Mandovi rivers. Welcome to the show, Abhijit.
1: Hi. Hello, everybody.
0: Abhijit. What exactly are Goans agitating against?
1: Uh, Well, the the Goans are actually agitating for their survival, you know, and uh, for for the betterment of the future generations. Uh, The the struggle is against the plans of large corporates, basically Jindal, Adani, and Vedanta, to uh, make Goa a corridor to carry uh, massive amounts of coal. Uh, which is uh, destined to eventually go to northern Karnataka in the iron ore rich areas of Hospit, Bellari and neighboring uh, areas of, you know, Hubli, Belgom and a whole lot of other places where uh, steel and uh, power plants have been planned by these private corporations and others uh, you know and uh, so so the people are actually agitating to to save what they have you know uh, our villages our rivers our paddy fields khazans uh, rich fisheries our coast our beaches our uh, you know western Ghats obviously and and you know the the entire way of life of goans uh also obviously it's about our health because coal is uh, coal is a toxic toxic substance the coal dust uh, creates huge amounts of pollution as we are already witnessing in vasco city where 12 million tons of coal is already being transported through through Vasco and a number of other villages through which the railway tracks go. So so we are we have already experienced the impact of this small amount of coal that's already going through, relatively small, because the plans Sadarmala program shows very clearly are to transport 137 million tons of coal through our tiny core, which means that the entire state is going to become like a coal hub, and you know that means that there is all all other economic activities, whether it's our agriculture, fisheries, tourism, uh, it's all going to collapse. It's all going to die out, and uh, so are the people. So, it's really a, a struggle for our survival.
0: Uh, Abhijit, the government counters this way by saying that it needs to execute these projects because of the, it's part of the port-led Sagar plan. And each project is a piece of a larger economic jigsaw. So, let's look at the main issues one by one. So, first of all, the double tracking of the railway line. So, what are the problems with that?
1: Uh, you see, we have a railway line which exists from, uh, you know, across the border of Goa. Uh, uh, from Belgom onwards and actually starts at Hospit, you can say, and comes to our port uh, Mormugao port which is located in Vasco City so this this railway track has been built by the British in 1890s and was actually always used for uh, you know for taking resources out of India to Europe and bringing in industrial products to uh, to India to be distributed across the place always so that's that's the history of MPT and the railway lines the, these this single track actually runs through the steepest terrain in the country, steeper than any other uh, track in, in the country. And, uh, you know, it goes through uh, the the best tiger uh, habitat also in the world, I would say, because you must remember the Mole National Park through which the railway tracks go is also a part of, uh, is contiguous to, and therefore uh, a part of the... Uh, uh, kali tiger reserve in karnataka and together all of these uh, protected areas uh, have a, uh, provide a habitat of 2200 square kilometers for the tiger and it's probably the last place where you'll ever see the tiger and and therefore this this project uh, of doubling the railway tracks is is completely contrary to all all our principles to to uh, to economic and environmental well-being of goa and and of the world but uh, you know in addition the single track that we have at the moment can carry 15 uh, rakes. It means fifteen trains uh, in a day, back and forth. At the moment, out of the fifteen, almost ten or eleven are used by the for coal transportation. So, if you really look at the, this railway track, if if coal transportation is stopped, then you know then uh, the existing railway is more than enough. It's got like almost three hundred percent spare capacity for future growth, and therefore, the second track is not needed. The, the huge environmental and economic costs of this second track uh, are uh, cannot be justified because the second track is only for coal transportation as it's stated in the sagarmala report everywhere as it is uh, also if you if you say it's port connectivity then obviously it's to carry coal because sagarmala clearly states that uh, they want to use our port for coal uh and therefore uh, uh you know the this second track is not needed and this not just me ordinary people in the villages can very easily uh Come to uh, you know. The, come to the conclusion. They have the clarity that this existing track they see every day. More than seven out of ten trains are coal trains, and how much damage they do, how much pollution they cause. This is experienced by the people, and uh, when they see the plans to lay a second track, they know very well it's only for coal, and therefore you know it's something to be stopped.
0: Right. How many trees do you think uh, Goa will lose because of the doubling?
1: The government says something around. Uh, well, the the three projects together is about seventy thousand uh, trees in the wildlife area. Um, I guess uh, uh, the the number is actually much more. You see, the the trees uh, we have done some sample counts, and uh, number of places, number of trees are not counted. And these are big forest trees which are like hundred years old or maybe a bit lesser. But you know, the the number of trees are is definitely. Under underestimated, we would say uh, the three projects together has uh, will require more than a hundred thousand trees to be cut. You know, a hundred
0: thousand trees. That's that's a lot. Abhijit. Uh, Abhijit, uh, the railway line is actually connected at the hip to the port work. Right? The railway line is meant to carry coal that lands at Mormugao port and which is being envisioned as a coal import hub with a capacity of 51 million tons per annum by 2035. And it will cater to the steel plants that you mentioned earlier. And for that, a quick turnaround of ships is needed. So what is exactly happening at the port and what are the objections to that?
1: Uh, the the port is actually lo- located on our common lands and there are a lot of issues with, with the, even the setting up of the port and and the ownership of land. But, uh, you know, the port is occupying space that has always been used by the fishing communities because, uh, you know, this, this is an estuary and it's very rich in fisheries. It's it's amazing the kind of uh, fisheries we have. There are corals, a little bit off Vasco, and there's... Uh, you know uh, amazing abundance of fish so uh, there are large fishing communities that live in these areas and uh... Uh, if you, if MPT wants to increase its coal capacity, first of all, it needs to move these uh, fishermen out and take their lands. And that's going to be uh, a disaster for our local communities. There are thousands of families of fishermen who are going to lose their homes, their livelihoods and everything. And, you know, the second thing they would need to do is to, uh, Actually, go out into the sea and do a lot of uh, uh, reclamation to create new birds uh, in the bay or out in the sea. So, just like uh, there, there are a couple of fishing uh, communities that are going to be displaced. One is at Khariwada, which is at Vasco Bay, and uh, the other one is at Baina, uh, 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 which is on the other side uh, of Vasco uh, to the to the west. And 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 this. Uh, these areas, they need to fill up the sea to make to create the new birds. And, you know, so that's, that's going to be destructive in a huge, huge way. And, you know, basically it's going to affect our fisheries uh, and, and our fisher folk. And, and then they are also looking at uh, creating a new port at Betul which is another major fishing hub at the mouth of River Sal. Um, there are thousands of fisher folk there who are protesting very strongly for so many years. And these projects are same thing in Vasco. The fisher folk are fighting, and that's why these projects are on hold. They were supposed to actually start these port expansion uh, projects including you know the capital dredging project in 2016 but but the, but the but the people have fought back and have stalled the projects and and if you see uh, as per the sagarmala plans by now the coal transportation through Vascosh and mpt should have reached 25 million tons but uh, because of people's protests and earlier small victories in, in stalling these projects the the quantity is still stuck at 12 million tons you know,
0: so. right so is 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 it is the impact on the fishing community also the, the reason why the jetties on the zwari and mandovi rivers are being opposed uh
1: the jetties are being opposed by the people um you know um in a in a huge way because not only uh the jetties but the, the, with the jetties comes a whole load of other um uh, you know activities to prepare for the shipping so 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 what's happened uh, about our rivers is that in 2016 the the central government passed a law called the National Waterways Act 2016 and this act uh basically empowers an authority called Inland Waterways Authority of India located uh, based in Gurgaon near Delhi uh, this authority has been Uh, through this law, given control over six of our rivers, Mandavi, Zuari, Kumbarzoa, Sal, Shapora, and Mapsa. So all these six rivers, as per per this law, which was passed in 2016, are uh, supposedly under the control of this authority. And the purpose stated in the the law is for shipping, to increase shipping. And they have been given... uh, uh, draconian powers to to uh, uh, kick out all the people to take over lands to use all the lands adjoining the rivers also as much as they want so which means all our uh most fertile khazan lands which are you know the most amazing agro pisciculture uh development in the world i would say the uh, uh, the most fantastic uh you know engineering and environment friendly uh uh, I think, uh, work done by any community anywhere in the world. It's it's an amazing place where uh, rice is grown, coconuts, trees are there, and you have fish at the same time. And it's, it's got all the abundance that man would could ever dream for. So all of these, uh, you know, our uh, assets and our heritage are going to be lost to the coal uh, uh, project because of this National Waterways Act, which allows this authority to take over all our lands, our river and actually to dredge the entire river and to build concrete walls instead of the existing natural walls of the rivers which which means that basically all our fisheries are going to die we're going to have no fish left in the rivers and it's going to impact the fish off the coast also the the people are fighting against the jetties because everyone knows the jetties are for the coal Uh, uh, and But at the same time, they are fighting to protect their rivers, the fisheries, the paddy fields, the khazans, these amazing uh, 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 lands.
0: And what about the four-lanning of the NH4 highway? That also is a contentious issue, isn't it? Uh,
1: Yes, it's a very contentious issue. And because of the pressure mounted by the people actually i think the chief minister has come out with a statement today saying that uh you know this uh pro- we, we are planning for the uh, for the next 25 years in the sense that this road may not be built uh, for not, in the near future it may be built many years down the road so you know so it seems that our pressures are telling but they are telling also because of the uh, uh, the the arguments we have and because of the arbitrary way in which these these projects have been pushed because uh, 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 if you really look at it there is no need for expansion of this highway there is absolutely very little traffic on the existing NH4A, and there are two other existing roads already uh, available for people from Goa to cross across to Maharashtra or Karnataka, so uh, across the Ghats. So there is, and which also have very limited traffic. So there is absolutely no need for this construction except for the large coal trucks that, that want to uh, use this road. But uh, you know, the so first of all, there is absolutely no need except for coal but the other thing is the huge impact on this tiger reserve and on the entire western ghats and and you know uh, uh, the wildlife and biodiversity associated the thing is that the western ghats is a very uh, narrow strip of uh, forested uh, steep uh, you know mountains Along uh, the west coast of India, and is is among the eight hottest biodiversity hotspots of the world. The top eight, Mm -hmm. yeah. And in fact, the floral diversity, for example, of the Western Ghats is the highest among all the forests in the world. We we have very good populations of the tiger. And the thing is that this is a because it's a narrow strip running north to south. If this uh, linear project goes right across it, east to west it's going to completely fragment the Western Ghats. And uh, I'm pretty sure that if this uh, highway and uh, other projects that fragment, the, that go right across the Ghats, east to west, if these are allowed, then uh, there will be no tiger population left in the northern Western Ghats, which is the area to the north of uh, these highways, etc. And there is a very good population around the Tilari Dam and uh, other parts of Maharashtra. In Maharashtra, Western Ghats, there are a number of tigers uh, 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 counted even in the last census. And they are all dependent on connectivity to the southern part of the Western Ghats. So if these projects, if this highway, etc. are constructed, we are going to lose uh, large amounts of tiger and maybe, you know, even elephants sometimes use these areas, they're going to lose this habitat and we're going to lose a lot of our biodiversity and, you know, ecology.
0: Yeah, in fact, speaking of the Western Ghats, a uh, truly a biodiversity hotspot. They're still discovering new species there.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, in in the same area where these uh, uh, projects are planned, uh, every time a biologist goes and does some um, serious research, uh, they they, they Keep finding new species, new species of snakes, new species of uh, all kinds of flora and fauna, both Repetition. reptiles and, and all of that. There's, there's amazing diversity and uh, endemism in this place because these are species which are not found anywhere else on the planet and so therefore this so, so so important
0: yeah, absolutely abhijit that's a great point in fact that brings me to my next question i mean you've alleged that there are several Ill- irregularities in the projects i read somewhere that you said the environment impacts assessment studies are not complete and that wildlife clearances haven't been obtained yet the projects are going forward
1: yeah it's uh, uh, yeah it's uh, very fundamental in uh, uh, to to our arguments uh, against the double tracking. Uh, uh, you know, there are a few points there that you've touched. One of them is uh, uh, the fact that they don't have clearances. So, you know, this this railway line is a linear project and linear projects are, uh, you know, basically highways, railway lines and transmission lines. And these are projects which, which have got no meaning unless the entire project is completed. Uh, unlike, you know, a large, let's say, cities etc we can build a part of the city and not build the other part and still get on with it but uh, that's not the case with the with the railway uh line you need the whole line to be constructed for it to be of any use obviously Now, therefore, the Forest uh, Conservation Act has been uh, interpreted by the Ministry of Environment in its 2019 guidelines uh, to say that for any linear project, unless you get all the forest clearances, uh, uh, none of the work should start, even in the non-forest area. So this is fundamental to our, uh, uh, you know, to our challenge, uh, to the work that's going on, because uh, th- they have no p- uh, forest final forest clearances in the entire length of the Western Ghats, which includes uh, Goa and Karnataka. In fact, the Karnataka Forest Department's uh, report uh, says that they have carried out what they call DSS analysis uh, to uh, to study this area through which the, the second track is proposed in Karnataka. And they have now classified this area as inviolable which means that it cannot be touched. And that is the status at the moment also from the wildlife perspective, the files have gone to the National Tiger Conservation Authority, uh, and uh, they are looking at these files. But uh, in a, if they look at it without any bias, there is no doubt that uh, you know this this project cannot be allowed. The double tracking because it's really going to completely fragment the, the tiger habitat. The area through which it goes is going to require massive destruction of steep slopes, uh, very fragile uh, higher slopes of the Western Ghats, which uh, you know which means that the tiger is not going to be able to cross this huge dis- destroyed uh, you know lands and steep uh, walls that are going to be built so so you know so this project cannot be allowed and and the, the legal legal part like we said is they need to get all the permissions before they start the work but yet they are carrying out construction work in in non-forest areas without getting permissions uh, and and we we have a, uh, cl- a clear understanding that this is an attempt to create a fait accompli uh, in the sense that if they complete the work in the non-forest area, then they are in a position to uh, to force the forest departments to give permissions because they're, they're going to say, well, everything else is done except the you know Western Guard stretch, so you you have to give us permission because so much money is spent and stuff like that. So so that's the reason they're they're breaking their own law, but which is exactly the opposite of what should have happened. What should happen is you have to first get all the permissions and only then start the work. That's that's one part of what he was saying. The other part was about environment impact assessment studies. Uh, and, uh, and it's most uh, uh, extremely sad that this project has not required to go through uh, the uh, scrutiny and uh, you know the proper studies that are required under under the EIA notification. Uh, in in fact, uh, you know, uh, the, there should have been a full one year study carried out of the entire project and not just the one project of double tracking, but all these three projects. Which are happening together in the same stretch of the Western Ghats and fragmenting it into four different sections. These three projects have to be seen together for the cumulative impact. And such a study is not done because the government has been uh, has has uh, has been very naughty. And you know what they have done is each project has been split into four or five different. Uh, project. So if you see the hospital to uh, Vasco, uh, you know, railway tracks, they have split it, I think, into five or six parts. So Vasco to Margao is one section, Margaon to Koli is another section, Koli to Tinaigat is one, and ghat onwards is another one. So it's five or six such uh, separate sections. And so they are in a position to say that, yes, this is a small project, And they don't look at any of the others. So they'll take one, let's say, Margaon to Kole. And they say, this is hardly 30 kilometers of railway tracks. And, uh, you know, there's no impact. And therefore, there's no need to do a study. And that's how they have escaped doing these proper studies.
0: Uh, Also, Abhijit, it's not just being trees being chopped or the coastline being damaged. A large amount of coal dust will be released into the air during transport because many of the most of the rail wagons in fact are open how much coal dust will be released and what are the environmental and health impacts of that uh,
1: coal dust is released in two parts of this operation uh, during the transportation by train there are some studies that that say that over a length of uh, over a distance like what is uh, covered by this train uh, uh, 300 kgs of coal dust is released per wagon okay so that's per wagon so that's wagon. huge amounts of coal dust 300 kgs of coal dust per wagon that's the kind of amount of dust that is uh, that that is released the the trouble is the nature of coal dust coal dust is extremely uh, tiny it's uh, less than 10 micron in size, and therefore it enters into our lungs directly and uh, affects our, you know, uh, ability to take in oxygen. And there are nanoparticles also of coal dust that are less than one micron in size, which actually through our lungs enter our bloodstream and end up in our organs. The worst part is that along with coal, uh, in you know, when it's mined and from under the earth, it the uh, along with coal uh, there exist various toxic and poisonous uh, trace elements like lead and you know chromium vanadium etc and these unfortunately are uh, found most on the fine dust because of the process of adsorption, And so it's stuck on the outside of the fine particles and therefore goes into our bodies and it's extremely harmful to human beings. And because of its fine size, this coal dust can travel up to 8 or 10 kilometers away and even more from where it is released, let's say by the wagons. Uh, So the impact is huge on human health, but equally on our water bodies, on our, you know, agriculture, because it affects the process of poll- pollination and other things, so it affects productivity. So you know, it's it's uh, uh, nasty. It's something that nobody wants, and because of which, uh, uh, you know, uh, the developed countries don't want coal in their backyards. And you know, uh, it's most unfortunate that uh, uh, that this is they're trying to impose this on the smalls. St- tiny state with, with such densely populated areas, you know, uh, and, and uh, I, I don't think this is an order, you know.
0: So this is a somber note to end part one on uh, Bajit. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll take this conversation forward in part two. In the meantime, please visit www.allindiansmatter.in, that's dot rin for more columns, videos, and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer, that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Catch you again soon.